Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We give you glory. We thank you for what you're going to do today, God. I'm already going to praise you. Amen. I'm going to give you glory for what is going to come. Hallelujah, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for my healing. Thank you, God, for my deliverance. Thank you, God, for strengthening. Thank you, God, for providing. Hallelujah. Thank you for lifting me up. Hallelujah. I'm going to praise you. Amen. I'm going to thank you, God, as has already happened. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Zephaniah. And I know it's been a probably a long time since you turned to the book of Zephaniah. It's going to be a hard book for you to find. It's a small little book. And it's tucked somewhere um, before Matthew. And so if you want to thumb through that, I want you to just take time to find that in your Bible. I love to see the pages turning. So those with electronic devices, you know, you're cheating. You know what, it is great. This is probably one of the churches I've seen more uh, soft devices. Soft devices meaning a book, you know, with covers on it and pages. And uh, that's so cool. I love it. I love it. Amen. So if uh, you're still, anybody still looking for it? Yeah, they're still, hey, if you're going to have trouble finding it, here's what I had to do the other day because I had to quickly find it. Go to the beginning of your book, and it, it lists like Genesis, you know, and all that, and it gives you the page number. I had to do that, and it was so embarrassing. I see pages are turning now. Yeah, okay, great. You guys were faking it. You guys, like, opened the book. It goes, oh, there, there it is. And you, and you know I'm not going to go back there and read that because you're, you're in the book of Chronicles, not Zephaniah. All right, everybody, everybody got it. We're going we're gonna to read uh, the chapter of uh, chapter 3. And we're going to read uh, two verses, I, I think. We're just going to read one verse. We're going to read verse 17. All right. Uh, the Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. And now I could, you can just close that book up. Don't do it because it, it took you a long time to find that. And you're going to just mark that page forever. And I want you to because this is a very important statement. And if you did close your book up and go home, if you allow that just to sink into your spirit, you're going to do well today. He's mighty. And he will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. That, that just makes me happy that my Lord will be happy over me. He'll just rejoice over me. Praise God. And he will rest in his love. And he will joy over thee with singing. Let's go back. Let's go down to verse 18. He says, I will gather them that are sorrowful for the solemn assembly. So God intends to gather those that are sorrowful. Who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden? 
Behold, at that time I will undo all that afflict thee. And I will save her that halteth and gather her that was driven out. Is that kind of kind of like almost living in our world today? That's your world. That's my world. If you would really apply it to our lives here. It's so, it is, uh, what's the word that they use? It's, it's revelant. I hate that word. Because it's so used so just ridiculously in our world. But um, hallelujah. I, I just want to, I just thank God for how, who he is. And says, yeah, he, he, he says, I will save her that, that halteth and gather her that was driven out. And I will get them praises and fame. In every land where they have been put to shame. Wow. You may be seated. So I, I know this is, the, this is a, a prophetic word that Zephaniah was speaking about Judah, how, how Israel is going to be restored. Judah is going to come back and bring them back and how they were um, shamed how sorrowful they were, how they walked away from God for years and years and generation after generation. And the Lord says, I will gather those, my people that are sorrowful. I will gather them and, because I am mighty and I will joy over them. I'm glad I can make God happy. So I, I want to talk to you a little bit today and, and I've, I've was just got back from the men's retreat in North Dakota. It's great to be up there. Just a lot of men. It was just a great time. Some of you uh, uh, are going to hear some of the similar things that I preached Friday night. I'm going to just kind of revise that because this is not a men's retreat. I see like women and boys and girls here, so I recognize that I'm not at the men's retreat. But I want to just entitle this. There's just some things I that we all learn in life's tragedies, don't we? And uh, we, we just learn things. Now, if you don't learn by your mistakes, um, you're just going to keep repeating those mistakes. Learn by those mistakes. And embrace the storm. Because if you don't embrace the storm, you're going to get lost, and, you, and it's going to be very hard to recover. And this is what happened to Israel. And this is why I'm speaking to you here today. This is why God spoke through the prophet. He says, listen, you didn't learn by your mistakes, and you've been lost for hundreds of years, but I want you to know I didn't forget you. I'm a mighty God. And so I, I just want to talk to you a little bit today. I might get kind of loud sometimes, but that's just my... <laughs> I have no excuse for that, but... But it's what I learned through life. In the last four or five years, I learned a lot. I, I, you know, you look at me and say, you're an old man. I mean, you don't need to learn anything. You know everything, you know. And I realized that uh, when trouble comes my way, and that trouble is, is something that I hadn't faced, that 
the, the day before the, that there's some things that's new. He says, I, I've learned things, and I haven't quit learning, but I have learned to apply the things that I have learned in the past to help me navigate through the things that I'm going to see in the future. Somebody write that down. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> and so I want to talk to you about the things that I, what I learned that helped me through a storm. And so the first thing, I know you're going to say this is, you're going to think this is elementary, but it, it really, it, it's so simple that sometimes we, we miss it. We just, we just miss the opportunity. Deuteronomy tells us this, Deuteronomy 23 through 4, he says, And they say unto, and they say unto them, oh, or hear, O Israel, you approach this day unto battle against your enemies. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. And do not tremble, neither be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is he that goeth with you and fight for you against your enemies to save you. You're not going to get lost if you get your hands in God's. You're, 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 just, you're not going to be defeated if you keep trusting God. You need to understand, and this is why Israel was, was so, uh, 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 they, they was just so weak, because they forgot, they forgot who God was. And throughout the whole Old Testament, the writers tried to encourage them, listen, God is mighty. God will fight your battles. God will save you. I know it doesn't look good. I know that you're facing things that you've never faced before. But I want you to know, do not forget who God is. Praise ye the Lord. And he's going to fight against your enemies to save you. Now listen, you may be facing some things, but listen, quit fighting and let God fight it. Just believe in him, trust in him, go back to the principles of God, live for him, and please him with your life. Now, the first thing I want you to remember that is so important for us to continue to walk through the the obstacles and the life that we are about to face, because you've already been through the things already, that you faced yesterday, and so yesterday is gone. And we need to, well, I'm going to stop here for a minute. I'm going to remind you something, and I might have said this before, but listen, the reason why we're so stressed out is because we got yesterday's problems, and we're dealing with it today, and today we have our own problems, and now we're thinking about tomorrow's problems. So now you've you got three times the difficulty to navigate. You leave yesterday's problems alone and deal with it today, and tomorrow will come, and tomorrow will have enough, amen, um, power in itself through God to deal with tomorrow. So leave tomorrow alone and forget yesterday. Amen. And sleep well. I told somebody this morning, I go, I, you know, I was just, I was so exhausted, so tired from the last couple of days, you know, and, and, I, and uh, I got to the apartment about, about 9 o'clock, and, the, you know, the sun was up, and he says, I don't go to bed when the sun's up. 
And so I closed the shade. The sun disappeared. <laughs> and uh, I looked at that bed. I said, bed, you and I are going to have an appointment. And so I, I, I just, I, so I, I, I really slept well. That's why I'm so happy right now. And uh, I, I just really slept well. Because I didn't sleep the last several nights. I was just kind of concerned and worried about tomorrow because I knew I had to teach at a men's retreat and then I was worried about today and, and all that and, and I just don't sleep well. Listen, uh, self, I, was, I had to tell myself last night. And so here, and I said, I really slept well and here's what I did. I said, Lord, now I lay myself to bed. <laughs> and I said, God, I said, I said that, God, just let me sleep through the night. <laughs> and it happened. <laughs> And, and I just woke up at 6 this morning, and I was like, yes, let's go. Well, after coffee. And, and so you, you see what I was saying is that, I, I, you know, I finally made up my mind that tomorrow is going to take care of itself. And the Lord's going to speak to me in the morning because I believe, I believe God does that. I believe God is mighty. I believe God is strong. I, I believe God is, is capable of doing all things. And, and my flesh is trying to struggle. It says, well, you know, um, you, you ain't got a thought last night. You didn't have a thought yesterday. And what are you going to do? And the devil's like laughing at me. I said, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bed. And this old flesh says, you can't do that. you gotta, you got to work something up. you got to just like work hard and exhaust yourself to get something from God. And the God says, listen, you go to bed. I'll, I'll wake you up in the morning and I'll give you something. And that's what he did. Because my God is mighty. And he fights my enemies. So, all right. So the first thing I recognize is that God is truth. And that is so powerful to help us to navigate. Hear, O Israel. It was so important for Israel. Hear, O Israel, thy Lord God is one Lord. And when you leave your house, amen, you quote that because, because uh, you say, oh, because when you leave your house, when you get out there where all the pagans are. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not saying everybody's a pagan. I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? To where, to where the onslaught of the enemy is trying to deceive you. And convince you that your God is not the answer to your life. And he's just deceiving you like he tried to deceive Eve. Oh, did God say? Well, of course he said. But there's a great deception in our world when you leave your home. It's the interest of Satan to take everything to come up against you to destroy truth. So that was the first thing I learned. That if I had lost everything. I'm going to keep truth. Because my Bible says, and it's so, it's so important, he said, buy the truth and sell it not. Listen, you need to sell everything you have to get this truth. That's why, that's why, the, that's why the, the parable of the, of the field, you know the parable of the field, right? And you're renting out a field. See, you're not renting God. You gotta quit renting the church. You gotta quit renting out and, and leasing out uh, the power and the presence of God. You gotta buy this thing. That's why you know I get loud, don't I? You know you know you know what I mean by that? It's like you put God in the trunk when you don't need him. 
You're leasing God because you've got other things you've got to do. You own too much stuff. But if you sell out and you recognize that there's a treasure in that field and you find it, you're going to go home and you're going to sell everything you got to buy that. Everything. You go, honey, we're selling the house. You can do what? Because I found truth. We're going to church. Oh, hallelujah. Put your hands together and thank him for truth. So that, that's the thing. You see, the problem is I ain't got time to buy truth when trouble comes my way. I ain't got time to go into a theological study, amen, when I'm in a storm and, and trying to figure out who God is. I need to figure him out before the storm comes. That's why it's so important for Israel to understand, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You engrave it on the doorpost. And when you leave the house, you touch it. You get a hold of it. And when you come in, you better grab a hold of it again because there's a bunch of junk coming in your house. But if you touch the doorpost of a one God, apostolic truth, Holy Ghost filled, baptism is still important. Speaking in tongues is still the evidence. Somebody help me. Living for God is still powerful. It's still prevalent today. I don't care what the world said to me. I'm coming in my house. I says, I still believe it. That's what I learned. <laughs> Buy that truth and sell it not. Aren't you glad for truth? Or you say, well, that's not, you know, of course, of course. Don't you be so pious because you know that. Because my Bible says there's going to be a great deception. I've seen preachers, I've seen great pastors and friends of mine that say, oh, I got a new revelation. You don't have to live holy. You can smoke marijuana and it'd be all right. I don't mind. You're shaking your head. You're saying, of course not. But when a deception comes your way, a deception is to deceive. And when you're deceived, you don't know because it's a deception. And a deception is not a deception unless you're deceived. A bunch of words. <laughs> I got exhausted. <laughs> and you think you know the answer and you think you're right. And you said, Pastor, you know what? You've been wrong and this church is wrong and I don't have to live for God the way that you said and it's too. Listen, you buy this truth and you believed it before the storm came and when the storm comes, you better still believe it when it's over. Ain't got no new revelation. My God is God and he's never changed. Amen. So do I need to stay on that part any long? Because I got three more to get through. <laughs> Are you convinced that there's one God? The, Jesus says, I am. Man, they fell right over in the garden. They go, Poof, and it knocked them out. You want to chase the enemy away? All you got to say is Jesus is God. And all of a sudden, all those Roman soldiers, those enemies just fell over. So what just hit me? I tell you what just hit me. The revelation that you got living inside of you that there's only one God and his name is Jesus. Boom. 
I ask you a question. Who walked on the water first, Peter or Jesus? Jesus did. <laughs> because he is the great I am. He is the alpha. And the, I'm going to preach my message that I'm supposed to be preaching later on. But he's the Alpha and the Omega. He was there in the beginning of the storm that was beginning to start. But that's why you need to understand who he is. Because he's in the beginning. And in the beginning, everything was perfect. And he took that perfect thing. And he come and he start walking on that storm of yours. <laughs> and you got out of the boat, honey. And you start walking with him. Because you know why? Because God is with you. He's never forsaken you. And that's another uh, thing that I learned. He's always with you. Praise God. And I don't care how you feel during the storm. It's what you learned before the storm. You were convinced that God is always there. But somehow our, 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 our mental capacity is so limited because when trouble comes our way, you know, all of a sudden those things get confused. And that's the author. God is... It's not the author of confusion. The author of confusion is the devil. And so he intends to confuse you. And it's interesting. He cannot confuse you when you're on, up on the mountaintop. He, got, he just ain't got no dominion there. He knows that he can't. But, whoa, my friend, when he takes away something that belongs to you, When he starts taking away your health or your little girl or, 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 or something that's so precious to you and takes it away, but Satan knows how to confuse you because, oh, is there a God? He left you. And you know what? And you can feel that. I think he did. Because in humanity, we are not God. But what God has done in this great thing called the Bible is that he ingrained some things into you that is so powerful that it goes beyond humanity. That's how powerful this word is. That's how great the preaching is. That's how great God is, is that he instilled into you some words that, these, that, that you cannot take away and you cannot add to it. It's powerful. Now, you thinking that you don't feel it, but oh, hallelujah, something's working in the spirit when you start quoting scripture. He is high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. You may not feel it, but when you start quoting it, you're being prophetic, and your spirit starts feeling. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Thank him. Let's thank him. So John, John, truth, John, John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, was word, was with God, the word was God, and the same was in the beginning with God, and you know that. Do not forget it when things are not going well, we're so confused and people are trashing you, abandoning you, and talking trash on you, and, and you disagree with some things. He's still God. The word was made flesh, dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten Father. Watch this in verse 14 in John chapter 1. He says, the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and 
truth. He's full of grace and truth. So God will always be with you. The second thing, Matthew chapter 28, verse 16, and you know this by heart. You quote this, but you quote it in another context. I want to have you understand it in this context because this is so important. By the way, there's not just one application to the word of God, and don't you get zeroed in. He said that's what all that verse says. That verse says a whole lot more because it's bigger than your thinking. So then when the, the, the 11 disciples went into Galilee, into the mountain where Jesus had appointed them, and they saw him and they worshiped him, and some doubted, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, huh, this is an interesting, uh, uh, this is, I don't understand why, why I, well, I can't understand. God did it because there was a purpose. But, you know, he's seen that. He said some worshiped him, dumb doubted him. And he addressed it. No, he didn't say, you doubters. And thank you for worshiping me, worshipers. Here's what he said. He said, all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Period. That's how he addressed the issue. He says, listen, you can doubt all you want. And you worship me because you think I'm good, but I want you to know that there's all powers given unto me in heaven and earth. I own everything, the cattle and the hill. Amen. I created this thing. I am the owner of this thing. And I want you to know I have all power and you can doubt it you want, but it's not going to change my power. So the second thing we need to understand is that he has all power. But, he can, he, but it's in conjecture with something. Is that a right word, conjecture? That's a, that's a cool word. Am I saying it right? That means putting things together, right? I don't know. I just came to me. I thought, I'm going to go Google that and use that if it's right. And Jesus spake in all power. No, watch this. He says, no, <laughs> this is so cool. He goes, no. Okay, no, I, I told you what it is. I, I gave you, I, I, you know, I, I gave you the foundation. Now, he changes the whole narrative of their complaining, if you will. He says, now go out there and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whichsoever I have commanded you. And he says, lo, I will be with you always, even into the end of the world, Amen. It cannot change that. It does not matter how low you get. I'm going to be with you. Now, Jesus commanded them to do something he never did. He says, no, listen, you're going to, you go out into the world and you, there was 11. He said, you go out in the world and you change this world and you preach the gospel. Jesus never did that. And he commanded these 11 people to go out there and preach this gospel and tell them that you're going to do it in the name of Jesus Christ. That is a difficult task, honey. I don't care what you think. That is the most hard thing for humanity. And so what I am saying to you here today, it don't no matter how hard it gets for you. God has given you the power and the authority to meet the task, even though you think God is not in it. He is in it. And you can do it. Praise the Lord. 
Aren't you excited about living for God? Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that you have an answer, amen, to this wicked world? Aren't you glad that God has given you power to navigate? He gave you direction, but he didn't just put you on a road somewhere, but he gave you power and authority. Now, God, we think God is so cool in the high places, you know. It's like, man, I want to just worship him on the mountain. I, just, I don't want pain in my body, God. I want to just be able to dance and shout and run. And, 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 but this old body's broken down. And he said, well, that's irrelevant to who God is. God is not predicated on your broken body. No, please, oh, don't think that I don't have compassion. My body hurts a lot. Now, you don't know that, but I ain't going to tell. I'm going to let my body just dictate to me who, who I'm going to be. But watch this. We like God in high places. And, you know, Moses went up in the mountain. He got the Ten Commandments. He saw God face to face. And, and on the mountains, that's where they worship. Amen. And the presence of God is in the high places. And that's true, you know. He says he's high and lifted up. But he also is in the low place. He says, I am with you when you're in the valley. He says, on your way, you're falling down. He says, you can't not fall lower than my hands. Because my hands are underneath you. And you may think that you're just frightened to death and not fall. But I want you to know, you can't get lower than my arm. Because my arms will hold you up. Now watch this. God didn't say, well, hey, listen, I'm going to stop you from falling. He says, I'm going to catch you. I just wish that he'd just keep me from falling because I hate falling. Falling hurts. You see, I don't even have to hit the ground. I'm going to die on the way down. That scares me so bad. I have nightmares of falling. And I'm glad I never wake up. I'm, I'm never fall in my night. I never land in my nightmare. But the fear of that is so devastating that it wakes me up. I hate falling. And, but the Lord, I hate, I hate trials and all that. Do you like those? Yeah, you better say no because you'd be a liar if you didn't. <laughs> But you see, I'm so convinced that on my way down, I got a net. I got a God that's going to hold me, catch me. Even if it's my fault, even the one that, even if I caused it, it don't matter. God, God says, I'm going to let you fall for quite a while because, you know what, you just need to fall that far. But I'll catch you. Be there. Sometimes I only just fall about an inch. It still scares me to death, but I'm glad it's only an inch. One time, one time I'm working. That's why I never get done. One time I, I was working, but Brother Simon said I were working on a, a church building. We we're just like two or three days on this, this building. We we're doing soffits and we we're up in a gable and I'd scared to death of the, the you know, it was so high. And but but this one day we we're along the side of the church and we it was 
low enough to where all you had to do is use step ladders. Back then we had wood step ladders. We didn't have all the aluminum and the nice stuff. And some of you are like, I know where that's going. <laughs> and, and we had a scaffolding and, and uh, we were reaching up. Well, when you're looking up, you don't know how far it is between up and down because you're looking up. And it's like forever. And we're up there talking away and looking up and we're, we're, we're doing all this. And it was like, you know, two or three days of it. And it was just like, so I forget how far I am from the ground. And all of a sudden, Brother Simon is talking to me, and we're talking, we've got hands, all of a sudden we can hear. <laughs> we looked at each other, our eyes was about as big as saucers, his was bigger than mine. And all of a sudden, we're going to die. We're going down. <laughs> and we did. That rung of that ladder broke because he just needed to go on a diet. I was just fine. I am serious. My heart, my, if, if, it's a good thing I was young back then because I would have died just thinking about it. I'm thinking, I, actually, I'm so scared right now. Even t- I'm not going to tell you the end of the story. It just, it just frightens me. And, and so all of a sudden, we're going down. And he looks at me, and seconds seems like hours. And finally, we landed on the ground. We were only one step above the ground. I thought we were like forever up there. I thought we were like 10 feet. I thought my bones are going to break. I thought I'm going to have broken arms. I, we're trying to figure out which one of us is going to be able to get to, to help and everything else. I mean, I was almost dead. We turned to each other. We looked down and we started laughing. <laughs> How dumb. You know, that was really dumb to think that we're going to die. Of course, we knew we were only one step up. That's about a foot and a half or something like that. I didn't know. It's not very far. But... You know, fear, fear of falling, that, that I'm going to die. Listen, some days it's just that way. But I'm in the everlasting arms of God. Does that make sense to you? See, those are the things I learned. Do not forget God is always there. Even to the end of the earth. Praise God. So I, I'm so glad that I learned these things. Does it exempt me from having fear or bad feelings or like anxiety or, you know, like sleepless nights? Well, if I decide to sleep well, I'm going to. If I decide that I'm just going to let all this pile up on me and just forget who God is, I'm not going to sleep well. And then I'm going to pray all night, oh God, oh God, help me, help me sleep. And the Lord is saying, hey, listen, would you just trust me? Now I lay myself down to sleep. Oh, Lord, I pray my soul to keep. You think that's a simple thing? That's a cool prayer. So Jesus will never, and and so God gives us some tasks to do, and we think it's impossible. He'll never give us anything to do that he he cannot help us with. And uh, so... um, I just don't, well, let me add you this. Deuteronomy 33, 27, he said, The eternal God is my refuge. Underneath are his everlasting arms. I just thought I had to give you that scripture. I quoted to you, but underneath is his everlasting arms. Isn't that so cool? So God is in the valley. Um, The word underneath, the Hebrew word is this. Are you ready? It means bottom. Well, that's really like, so 
intelligent. But when you get to the bottom and you find yourself there, you're going to find yourself in the arms of God. So the next time you feel that the task is too big and you're feeling like you're going to fail, remember, he is your refuge. He is your everlasting arms. And by the way, he'll never drop you. Praise God. Third thing. In five minutes. Faith is so important, so vital in the storm. You read about when Peter got out and he goes, hey, Lord, is that you? If it is, bid me to, to come. And, and he said, sure, that's me. And, he, and he, he, you know, he walks on the water. And then all of a sudden he looks around again. He goes, oh, the storm is so boisterous everything. And, and then all of a sudden he just kind of like starts kind of sinking. And the Lord reaches out and grabs him. He says, oh, you a little faith. He says, why did you break your faith? You know, why is it so small? And, and he's talking. No, I want you to key in on something that's so important here. So Romans chapter 12, 3 says this, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think. Don't think you're bigger than God. Get yourself in trouble. You are not God. and You can't do this on your own. I'm going to stop here because I just feel something in the Holy Ghost. Man is so intellectual, so intelligent. We know how to do a lot of things. And we can fix things. We, we're fixers. I remember one time I, I was talking about Humpty Dumpty, and I was doing an illustration, and Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall. I really had a, an egg up there, and, and, I, and I dropped it, and it broke on the carpet, and there was like egg yolk everywhere. And I said, oh. And Humpty Dumpty couldn't put himself back together. And I said, can can you put them back together? And three ladies come running up. I go, well, what are you doing? Well, they wanted to clean the mess. I said, well, ho, 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 ho. And it, it just fit perfect. They said, no, 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 you can't clean this. You can't put this thing back together. You can't do it. And so quit trying to do it. There's slogans out there. There's, there's, there's phrases and advertisements. Just do it. You can do it. You can. No. I, I, there's this, I, I got it. You'll go ahead and get it if you want. And I'll be back when you've when got the mess all messed up and still worse. I, I got it. No, you don't have it. I don't care how long you're living for God. You ain't. Can I use the word ain't? You ain't got it. And see, you see, when, to, to apply these things, you have to humble yourself. And you have to consider that perhaps my way is not God's way. And you're going to have to consider a, a lot of things about humanity. Bruce, you got baptized in Jesus' name, got the Holy Ghost, I understand. You know what? It took a whole lot of courage to do that in humility. You, you realize, I ain't got it, God, and I need you. And let's guess what God did. He showed up. That's how powerful that is. That's simple. But all of us have been in church for like 30 years. We think that, you know, I know everything. I got it. You, ain't, you don't know. No, no, thank you. You just don't have it. So, so we need to have faith. Now watch this. See, we condemn ourselves because our faith wavers. I want you to go and, and to um, 
Well, where is it? I got to go back up here and take a look. So I want you to go to Luke chapter 22. Now watch, this is, this is revolutionizing my life. This changed my life because sometimes my faith, my faith just gets himself, I, I just get in trouble once in a while. My faith just get, it gets weak. But I still believe in faith. It's interesting. When you, when you operate in faith and, when, and, and then all of a sudden it gets so difficult and then all of a sudden you go like, I don't have no faith for this. Somehow faith still shows up. Because you believe in faith. Does that make sense to you? Can, can, do I have to clarify that a little bit? So let me, let me clarify it to myself. <laughs> what did I just say? I said sometimes when, when my faith doesn't seem strong enough to meet a task, I, I believe in faith. All right? I still believe faith is there. Just because I have difficulty having faith doesn't mean that, that faith does not exist. So I learned long, so those are the things I learned is that I'm going to still believe in faith even though I don't have enough faith to do this. I still believe faith. Does that make sense to you? Is that some new doctrine or something? You're looking at me like, I've got to observe this a little bit. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too simple. But I just believe that even though that sometimes I doubt that there is a God, I still believe there's a God. That's what I learned. Because I'm human and I fail and I make mistakes and sometimes I, I do have, the preacher has doubts. I, sometimes I do. I, I doubt myself. But I'm not going to doubt the things that I've learned. I'm going to use those things even though, be, and, and by the way, you see, when you're in the heat of battle and, and you go, no, wait a minute, no, you do this and this and this, it, it, that is not going to come into your mind because you have exercised it so much that it's going to be automatic without you thinking. You understand what I'm saying? Okay, it's 6, it's 6, it's 1046. Now I'm going to just stop. I'm going to go four things, but I'm going to just key on this one thing. So where are we? We are in Matthew, is that right? And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have, desired to have you. Wait a minute. Let me read this. Can't even read. That's got a dark background. That's why. He said, the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you. And that he may sift you as wheat. He said, Satan wants to destroy you. By the way, I got news for you folks. It's been written all over New York Times. Satan does not like you. Even CNN, CNN tell you that. I'm not going to tell you who they are. I mean, you know. Next verse. But I have prayed for thee. Who's speaking here? Who, who's in this conversation? Who, who is talking to who? Come on. Who is it? That's Jesus. Jesus talking to humanity. Jesus, that's God in the flesh. God in the flesh, his name is Jesus. Remember, you didn't forget that, right? I know it's been a long time since I told you that. You know, in the beginning, it's been like hours since I started. I know that. But he says, I, I said, but he says, I pray for you that thy faith fail not. Wow. He says, 
Peter, something's going to happen to you. You're going to deny me, and, and you're going to just fall, and, and you're still going to believe that, oh, man, I messed up, and I have no faith. I, I, I don't know. You know, there's nothing worse, listen, to deny who God is. And Peter did that. But the Lord says, I know your humanity, but I pray for you that your faith will not fail. Your faith is going to waver, is going to be weak, but even the weak faith is not going to fail. Oh, Hallelujah. That's, that's, why, that's why the parable is there. Remember I talked about parables? That's why parables are so cool. So you apply the parable. What's the parable you're thinking about? Faith. Faith is like as a, a mustard seed. It's small. It, it's like it's weak. But boy, when it gets a hold of something, it gets a hold of some ground. Somebody help me here today. It grows into a tree that's beyond. Isn't that cool? That's so cool. So that's what helps me. That's the things I learned throughout the years. And, and, now, and now, let's stand, if you will. And um, Now, the next few words are very important for us. Because Peter, Peter, like God, you know, he says, upon this rock, I'm going to build this. Peter, you're going to preach this God. You're going to be the, the forefront of this message. Me? I just denied you my faith. No, 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 no. I prayed that your faith, just that little bit of faith, you're going to change your world. You're going to stand up in the midst of a group of people. And says, this is that. Where it's spoken by the prophet Joel. I will pour out my spirit. And that little faith 5,000 people were added just by a little tiny faith. He just got up. He says, I'm just going to use what I got. Now watch this. He says, and then when you're converted, when you back up on your feet again, he says, you go and strengthen your brother. You got it, sis. So you get, you get, you get, you get your feet going. And you start strengthening people. You start telling them how great God is. And let me tell you what happened. And you don't have to go in a boo-hoo story, but you said, ha, my faith wavered a little bit. But, ha, God showed up. (laughs) And God was still there even though that I doubted a little bit. And I just want you to know, honey, God is still there no matter how you feel about it. You've got to convert people. How do you convert people? You can convince somebody that's about ready to give it up. says you can do it be an encourager oh no I got I got something tickling in my little mind right now and it's going to take you another half hour to stand and listen to me but I ain't going to do it (laughs) wow I, I I just 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 so wonderful no I could not solidify these things and what solidified them you know what solidified means I don't know. I, I think I know. No, just, it means that you cement it together. You solidify all those things that you learned. You know what brought it all together? Is a storm. I'm Brother Pritchett. So now, thus, without the storm, I would never have known these things in its power, its glory, and all of its wonder. 
Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that there's a word that God has given us called the truth? Let's just worship him. Thank you, Jesus. We love you. We thank you, oh God. We magnify you. You're so good. Thank you. Lord, let this word sink into my heart. Let truth prevail. God, I love you. I thank you. God, I need you today. Hallelujah. Praise you, the Lord. Let's get, does, does, um, Pastor, you need to say anything? All right, so, um, I, so I am anticipating something wonderful in your worship today. Your worship, okay? It, it, it's, it's, I'm sorry, but it's going to be dependent upon you. And how much you put in, God is going to pour out. God bless you until the next service in a few minutes. Thank you.